If you are called by the name of Christ, it is our job and our duty to repent so that God can heal this great uh, nation that we call the United States of America. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. It's always a pleasure to have you stop by and visit with us. And our guest today, we want to welcome Shaolin M.B. Abrams, Sr., Shaolin, welcome to the program. Well, it's my pleasure to be here, Byron. Thank uh, you so much for having we me. We have a mutual friend in uh, David Sitton. Yesterday afternoon, David was telling me about a book that you've written. Of course, that's one of a couple of books that you've written. Kind of a short notice, but so glad that you stopped by. You are the CEO and founder and the presiding prelate of the Kingdom of God Worldwide Fellowship Network. Shaolin, I have to confess, this is the first time I've heard of this ministry. Tell me something about it. Well, just make a correction. It's actually the House of Restoration International Fellowship of Churches and Ministries. We are a body of churches and ministries that are in um, the kingdom of God that basically we're into the deliverance and the restoration of God's people through signs, miracles, and wonders, but not just the obvious signs, miracles, and wonders, but also through evangelism, through discipleship, through revival. And we know that we're living in a time now of COVID-19 where uh, people are helpless and they're hopeless and they're looking for a savior. You know, when you mention signs, miracles, and wonders, you kind of draw a line in the sand. Mm -hmm. Some people wait a minute now, what is this he's talking about? Mm -hmm. uh, because they've been exposed possibly in the past mm -hmm. to some things that have been, can we say, fake or yes. not real? Yes. Can we say that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree uh, because even Jesus spoke about uh, beware of the false prophet, beware of lying signs and wonders. And because of that, the ones who are operating in the true signs and the true wonders you have to have what we call spiritual discernment. And it's not so much that I can perform these quote-unquote miracles like a magician or an illusionist, but it's am I leading you to Christ? So that's the thing. Are these signs, miracles, and wonders leading you to Christ? Are they leading you to the cross? Are they leading you to change your life for the better and to exhort and praise God? I think that is proven example in Scripture the early church, the apostles, those signs and miracles that they did were always pointing to the resurrection of Jesus Correct. for the transforming power life of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and even today, you know, uh, even amidst this, this pandemic, um, God is showing his people that he is still God in the midst of things. How does he do that? Well, he does that through signs, miracles, and wonders. Not just the obvious ones, you know, but through people. Uh, when uh, people are in, in trouble, people are uh, afraid, uh, people need a helping hand. You know, we see that through the outpouring of people's love because we know that God is the true example 
of love, not just fleshly love, but the love that you actually genuinely feel from a person who is, is coming from their heart and their soul. Not because I have to do it or because I'm trying to do it to get recognition, but because that's the love of God in me. Well, an example, Peter, James, and John went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. You know, Of course, they saw firsthand the miracles of Christ. They got to see the glory of God mm-hmm. radiate through Jesus up Correct. on the Mount of Transfiguration. But in, I think it's first or second Peter, where second Peter. he talks about we have a more sure. He was a witness of these mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. of these miracles. Yes. But we have something more sure than our experience. Mm-hmm. That is the Word of God. The Word of God. And that's one thing that I love about the Word of God is that we have no excuse today because we have the whole entire word from the Old Covenant or the Old Testament to the New, from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between. So we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that those 40-plus men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit to transcribe the Word of God on paper through revelation from God to how should I say, be able to uh, infuse us with the opportunity to know God for ourselves. It's it's not like some religions where we have to go to another man or a woman or uh, to a statue or whatever uh, to uh, confirm our belief that we can talk directly to God for ourselves, whether you want to prostrate, whether you want to get on your knees, or whether, as we're talking right now, God hears us for ourselves, and that's the relationship part of being in Christ. Shalin, where did your life on this earth begin? Where did you grow up? Tell me something about your family life. Uh, Well, I'm originally from the island of Jamaica. Um, Came here when I was about four years old. Grew up in uh, New Jersey and uh, went to school in Connecticut. Went into the military and that experience in itself was something because I went in as a very young, a uh, young man and had no clue about life in itself. You know, most of us at that age in our teenage years, we're clueless. But then to be in a situation where you have to grow up, I mean, you have no uh, choice. And then during that time, uh, the early 80s, we were involved in a war. So that was a game changer, but also a life changer. Well, you were a combat veteran in the first Persian War conflict. Well, it wasn't a con- This was outright war. Yes. And you were there. Yes. Uh, this, this one was actually before Desert Storm. It was Project Iraqi Freedom. Liberating Kuwait. Correct. When they first discovered oil and they were having skirmishes with their cousin Saddam Hussein because before this they were engaged in an eight-year war uh, between Iraq and Iran you know he did all kinds of inhuman things biological warfare and all these all these kind of things and so uh, we kind of bargained they they reached out to the united states for help because they were not able to handle their newfound wealth and they wanted to make sure that uh they were uh protected so of course you know um the reward was that we were partners in the oil business well let's talk about the things that were surrounding your life the circumstances where your faith journey in jesus christ began 
Well, my faith journey in Jesus Christ began at an early age. I'm going to say around 13 or 14, I was involved in the Nation of Islam, which is an Islamic religion that Farrakhan is the the leader. Some of my family are in the Muslim faith, and some of my family are in the Christian faith. But my journey, because of the things that I went through as a as a young man, uh, I kind of was searching for God. And I tell people all the time, because God's not a respecter of persons, he'll speak to you whether you're saved or not saved. So let's get that straight, because God is God, period. Well, he lets the rain come down on the just and the unjust. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So coming up, uh, I first heard the voice of God when I was about 13 years old. And because of that, I was not too sure of, of what I wanted to do because, you know, the things that I went through as a young as a young person. So when he came to me in that particular time, uh, my answer was flat out no, because how could a God of love and a God of peace and a God of all these different things that people were saying could allow me to go through the things that I went through as a young person? So my journey continued on. And so when I went into the military... Well, how bad were the things that you were dealing with? Give us some insight. Sure, sure. I mean, um, I was going through some... Uh, I was abused as a child, not sexually, but physically and mentally. And I tell people that sometimes mental abuse is far worse than the physical abuse because it lasts a long time unless you actually get delivered or you get help. During that time, I was uh, my mom had gotten uh, remarried, and so things weren't going good for me because I was the oldest of uh, four boys. Unfortunately, I was older than my age. There was some things that I was aware of, could comprehend some things um, that normal children at my age weren't. So the things that I saw, and because I started seeing demons and those kind of things at an early age, I wasn't able to um, really tell anybody about it because I thought I was going crazy. I mean, if a child said, oh, I saw a demon or a devil, you know, most of the time, as adults, we just think kids are just kids. You know, they're just children. But when I went to my housekeeper and I explained it to her, she said, Let's pray. So as we began to pray and those kind of things, I was able to deal with those things, but I still had those things in me that I wanted to really get out of my system. And she said, the only thing that I can do is just ask God for help. And I was, God, I'm not going to ask God for anything because he's allowing me to go through these things. But now as an adult, I understand that through the fruit of the Spirit, which one is long-suffering, you know, when we suffer for Christ, for Christ's sake, these things help us to mature spiritually because through our trials, our tribulations and our circumstances and our situations, we're able to go through some things that allow us to really grow in Christ. Now, does that mean that your life is going to be hunky-dory and right. is it going to be filled with uh 
cherries and, and, and cream pies? Absolutely not. But what it does is it, it allows your relationship with Christ to grow. Really can put it into perspective, the yes. things that we suffer. I, I think that is a great word there. Even as horrible as you're talking about the, the mental abuse, the things that you went through, some cases children sexually molested, yes. how yes. horrible that is. There needs to be healing of the spirit, of yes. the mind. absolutely. And only Christ can truly provide that. Yes, so this is your journey. How involved in the Nation of Islam were you? I was very involved from the age of 13 until, matter of fact, until the age of 40. So you weren't, at that point, looking at the Christian God of the Bible. The the God that your housekeeper referred you to, was that the God of Islam? That was actually the Christian God. Slightly after that, I went to go stay with my father's parents, who were Muslims, they were actually Orthodox Muslims. And Orthodox Islam is different from the nation. The nation of Islam, not the same as Middle Eastern Islam. No, it is not. It's more of a, a race-specific religion where they only allow black people in this particular uh, religion. In the nation, they believe that uh, white people are the devil, blue-eyed devil, and that everything on earth was destroyed by them and uh you know it's like we have white supremacy it's black supremacy it's actually two coins of the same how can i put it sin exactly because because when you talk about one race being better than the other race yes when god said there's no greek no jew no male no female in christ jesus that lets me know that that when you're in Christ, there is no color and there's no gender specific because God just looks at us once we accept him as our Lord and Savior. He looks at our spirit, man. He doesn't look at our our physical uh, bodies in terms of uh, what we look like or what sex we are. Shalene, this is an amazing story coming from where you did to a faith in Christ through the Nation of Islam. I mean, you actually made a couple of sojourns to Mecca. Yes. One thing that I know about the devil (laughs) is that he will manipulate your life in a way that will fit him. And what I mean by that is don't think that the enemy doesn't know your gifts and your strength as well. So in that term, because I was an exceptional, I was an exceptional student in school. I was, uh, I can uh, pick up things. I was very articulate. So they used that to for their gain. So they sent me to different schools. They sent me to different places, all for their purpose to to kind of manipulate me uh, into this weapon of mass destruction. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Is my first published book was for the Nation of Islam. It was called Biblical Fallacies and Their Contradictions. And, and, and we know, those of us who are avid Bible readers. And you are quite astute when it comes to God's Word now. I mean, you attended Oral Roberts University. Yes, sir. My goodness, your educational background is quite incredible. You also later attended Bedford University to study theology and philosophy, where you graduated, by the way, summa cum laude, obtaining double doctorates in religion and theology. Uh, Yes, uh, I just owe it all to God, but he 
it's all for the glory of God because now I can translate these things into uh, tools that will help the body of Christ. Uh, and what I mean by that is I know that we, the Bible tells us to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman who needs not be ashamed and rightfully dividing the word, not just with the truth, but also in the truth. So in this thing, he's allowed me to write uh, different books that help to get a better understanding of God's word for our own selves. I mean, from anything from discipling to even dealing with stress, even how to pray and when to pray and uh, why your prayers are not answered. Or even if even if you don't get a, a answered prayer, doesn't mean God's not listening. You, you know, those kind of things. So I just thank God for and it's for his glory. It has nothing to do with me. It's just he I'm just a vessel uh, allowing God to use me for his glory. That's really where we as followers and believers in Jesus Christ should be, right? Yes. Our life for his glory. Yes. Your latest book you've written is Life in These Last and Evil Days, Living in the Ungodly Times. Why did you write this book? Just like I've written all the books, God, when God speaks to me through his word, so when he gives me a word, it translates into a book. And when he's ready to talk to me, that's what happens. And so he gave me this he gave me this uh book uh even before the time that we're living in now. Um am I going to say it's prophetic? I mean, you could be the judge of that, but he wants us to be able to deal with living life in these last and evil days because we know we we know even even an unsaved person knows that we're we're not in normal times anymore so who is actually teaching people how to circumvent through these unsure times most preachers we know that churches have been shut down or op- not operating at full capacity or normal and a lot of times what they're interested in is not the souls of men, but they're interested in the people themselves because they want to get back to normal. But we have to understand that this is going to be our new normal. Shelley, this is an opportunity for the church really to be the church. Some degree, it seems like we've been asleep. Yes, absolutely. Believe- I believe that. I believe that because if you notice that people are comfortable with uh, being in, 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 how can I say this? Being virtual is okay. It's okay. But the Bible tells us to never forget the assembly of the brethren because we need that camaraderie. We, we need that fellowship. You, you understand virtual? I mean, that's the, that's the time we live in, but we also still need one another for the work of the ministry. And that's going to say the work of the ministry to stay on mission for God during these days. Yes. Because I think we also have a fallacy to get called up in the chaos of the world. Yes, and, and, cares and, and, of the world. The, yeah, the cares of the world, too, mm-hmm. but also spending our time talking about the days mm-hmm. and the return. Mm-hmm. And just doing that, talking about yes, it, but not being on mission. Right, just being, just honoring God with our lips while our hearts are far from him. You know, giving God vain worship while we're teaching the, uh, uh, the doctrines of men as commandments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and, and that's where we're at. So who, who do we turn to 
if we can't turn to the men and women who who say that they're in Christ to lead, guide, and direct us into these things. Well, the Bible says that we have the Holy Spirit. But if you don't know anything about Christ, then how do you how do you go about that? Well, here it is. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, then you shall be saved. And that's it. If men tell you anything else more than that, then it's about them and not about the Father. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was what the early apostles, referring back to their ministry, that's what they were shouting. That's it. That's what they died for. That's it. That's it. And now we've turned it into our own little show. You know, we've turned it into our own little uh, uh, come to me. If you come to my church, I'll teach you what you need to know. Uh, And and that's where people have fallen off. And it's people have been hurt by uh, the church. Would you agree that most people think they're too good to be judged by God? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Bible says that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible refers to two types of judgments, two types of judgments. Mm -hmm. Uh, The believers are to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Right. The judgment does not determine our salvation, which is by faith alone, which you alluded to, Mm -hmm. but rather is the time when believers must give an account of their lives in service Mm -hmm. of Christ. Yes. The second judgment is for unbelievers at the great white throne Throne. judgment. Yes. Everyone at that judgment is is an unbeliever who has rejected Christ in life and is already doomed to the lake of fire. Yes. And I truly believe and you know, it's not about whether you agree or disagree with me. I tell people just because you don't agree or believe something doesn't mean that it's not true. The Bible says that judgment will begin in the house of God first. So I truly believe that the judgment of the church has already started with this COVID-19. And I'm going to tell you why, because if you notice that the whole world felt this, not just uh, uh, believers, but when I say from corner to corner, from end to end, the whole world felt this, and it really did a job on the church at large. Now that we go through this, if we understand what the Bible talks about in 2 Chronicles, the seventh chapter, verse 14, it says, if, see, that's a big word right there, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and seek my face and pray and then repent. Then, guess what? He said, then I'll, I shall hear from heaven, but you have to repent. That way I can heal the land. Amen. So he's asking us as believers, I don't care what church you go to, whether you're a Baptist, a Methodist, a Lutheran, or Episcopalian, or whatever, if you are called by the name of Christ, it is our job and our duty to repent so that God can heal this great uh, nation that we call the United States of America. When we start pointing our finger to other sin, there's three fingers pointing back, back at us, Absolutely, right? <laughs> absolutely. Well, Webster's definition of the word peril, exposure to the risk of being injured, destroyed, or lost, danger, fire, put the city in peril, something that imperils or endangers. And I'm using that because you speak in your book, several chapters talk about the perilous times, Mm -hmm. the response to perilous times, Mm -hmm. the cure, the charge for perilous times Mm -hmm. in which we're living right now. Yes, absolutely. You know, 2 Timothy 3rd chapter really says it all in these 
last days, peerless times shall come. Men will be lovers of themselves, greedy for money, boasters, braggers, unhaughty, treacherous, headstrong, unholy, ungodly, you know, and they will have a form of godliness, but denying the power. They'll be denying the power of the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, these men you turn away from. So these are the times that we're living in right now today as we speak. The book is called Life in These Last and Evil Days by Dr. Shalin M.B. Abrams, Sr., I would encourage you, friend, to get a copy, which is available on Amazon. Correct. Of course, you've written a couple of other books, too, Shalin. The books, I've got them right here. I had them underlined. Oh, yeah, two bestsellers on the market, The Nine Principles of a Christian's Life and Wolves in Sheep's Clothing, a couple of other books that we'll mention that are available. Yes. How can we learn more about your ministry? How can we stay in touch with you on social media? Well, I'm on Facebook, God's Warrior. Also, go to our website, God's Warrior, the number 60, dot winksite.com forward slash Thor. And for all of those of you who are inquiring minds that want to know, it doesn't stand for the God of Thunder. This is not Marvel Comics, y'all. It's an acronym. It stands for the House of Restoration. Uh, and you can go there and you can drop us a line and you can just see all the things that we're we're trying to do in Christ's name, because it's not about us, but it's about the God in us. Shalin, God bless you. Thank My you so much bro. for having me. Thank you so much for stopping by. The pleasure is mine. God bless you. And I just want to say this, that I hope that your family is blessed several times over from this, because the Bible says that when you even give a prophet a drink of water, you still get a prophet's reward. So we just thank you so much for just inviting us here and just continue to do what God has called you to do. And God will reward you, not just in this life, but in the next life as well. God bless you, my brother. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Today's Mid-South Viewpoint is brought to you by Navage. Just think about all the nasty stuff we breathe in every day. You know, the dust, allergens, bacteria, pollen, pollution. You know the things in Memphis here. What are we breathing? Well, if you wash your hands and brush your teeth every day, then why aren't you cleaning your nose to clean out all that junk that's trapped up in there? Let me tell you about this product. If you suffer from allergies, sinus infections, or are worried about what you're breathing in, it's called Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. What's Navage? Well, it's the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. People that have suffered from lifelong allergies call Navage a complete game changer. They are breathing more clearly, sleeping better, snoring less and feeling a whole lot better. In fact, 90% of people who use Navage report feeling healthier. Now with cold and flu season just around the corner, why not make Navage part of your daily health routine? Experience what it's like to truly breathe better, sleep deeper, and feel healthier. Go ahead and visit Navage.com. That's Navage.com. Or you can find Navage at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath & Beyond, and Target. Navage, N-A-V, A-G-E.